You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. TechNet Podcast 275, in which Tim and David discuss Samsung, iTunes Match, Internet Security, upgrading old iPods, and replacing batteries in an iPhone 4S and 5S. And it is tech fan number 275. I am Tim Robertson. He's David Cohen. Hello, David. Hello. How are you this fine uh, Friday morning? Well, it's uh, not morning it's, there, but... It's a fine Friday afternoon here. I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm tired. I've had a really, really busy week. Yeah, me um, too. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of done for the week, really. But the weekend won't be any less busy, unfortunately. No? No. I've got um, a whole lot of family stuff to do. And the problem with being away all the time is that, you know, it feels like wherever you are, your time is at a premium, you know? I know that very well. I spent, you know, the last two years traveling quite extensively around the United States. Um, in my current job, I'm, I work to 6 o'clock every day, except two days a week I work to 8 o'clock. Those are long days. Mm. And so while I'm home every night... I'm not used to the daily grind of going to work and then coming home. I, you know, even before OWC, I was in Chicago and I would be there for three or four days and then come home. And before that, I ran my own business for a number of years. So I was always on my kind of my own schedule, kind of. And it takes a little bit getting used to. So I'm getting there. What are you going to do? I mean, that's, it is. That's, that's work. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, but when you haven't done it in a decade, <laughs> I mean, I've yeah. worked. I've worked a lot. Yeah. But I mean the schedule thing, you know? Yeah. Somebody else's time clock. You're right. And it, there's benefits and negatives. Um, I don't prefer one over the other, to be honest. I know it kind of sounds like I'm, I missed the other way, but I... In a lot of ways, I don't, because this way you can really schedule things that's going to happen. And when you, especially when you run your own business, you don't really get a day off. Today's my day off. Today's Friday. I have a day off. Except I really don't, because uh, two hours from now, I'll be at a client's house helping them with computer stuff, which isn't part of my you know regular job. It's my Still business. Works. Yeah. So that's... Yeah, I'll make uh, you know uh, some good money there, but I know sometimes you're just like I I gotta have a day off. I gotta decompress. Plus, you know what's going on, family wise, yeah. a medical thing going on. Not with me, but uh, um, you know, so that's kind of stressful too. Of course, yeah. So, but you know, I I I do have to have downtime, so I went and bought Mafia Three for the PS Four. Yeah. Looks like a fun game. I love the second Mafia game. The first one's pretty good. Um, well, the, the first one was a game. Uh, yeah. The second one was really good, and that was on the PS3 that I played it. I, I loved Mafia 2. It was fantastic. So is this another of these kind of sandbox-type games? GTA-type thing, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
the second one, I forget the time period of the first one, to be honest, because it's kind of forgettable. The second one takes place in like the 50s, uh, 40s and 50s. So it's right after World War II, you're a soldier just coming home and you get involved with the mafia, obviously. Yeah. Uh, this one takes place in 1968 in, uh, looks like Louisiana. So mm-hmm. the South and your characters, uh, half black, half Italian. And you know, right from the beginning that he's taking on the mob, but I don't know if he's a good guy or he's a bad guy. He's, I don't know. Cause I literally played five seconds of the game. Why? Because I bought this game a week ago. Well, I download, I bought the download edition. Yeah. That's the mistake right there. So I bought it like a day or two after it came out. Might've been the same day. I can't remember. It was available. I bought it. What the hell? I want to play this game. And it downloaded it. And I don't remember. It was like 10 gigs or something. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it took a couple hours. Okay. I, I, I knew it was graphic heavy, so it's going to take a while. No biggie. 10 gigs. I can wait a few hours and maybe even play it the next day. It gets done downloading. I launch the game. It is at 40% or 25% and it says installing. The PS4 eventually turned itself off because of power savings. I turned it back on and it was at 26%. After two days of this, I'm at about 50%. What the hell is it installing? Well, it wasn't installing. It was still downloading. The initial download was the core app, and then it has to download everything else. And it took a week and a half. Well, about a week. It's ridiculous. It's it's more than... It's insulting. There's no warning that this is going to happen. If you want immediate gratification... Good luck. So I spent money on the game. And what have I been doing since then? I've been playing on the Raspberry Pi 3. Yeah. Yeah, I, this is this is one of the... Re- you know, you know I, I went through this when, when I bought that second-hand copy of Destiny. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I don't buy modern games anymore. I have zero interest in buying a a, late, a, ne- a current generation console for exactly this reason. They're they're ruining video gaming. I'm sorry, yeah. they just are. I'm not yeah. seeing any innovation at all. None. No. And all so you're going to get is the same. It, it, you get the same gameplay you got in all yeah. the other games, just with high resolution graphics. Yeah, and and no. I like good graphics. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I, we spent last week half the show talking about great graphics on a television, 4K, and all that. Here's I like good thing. graphics, I mean, but good graphics don't make a game. Yeah, and and the the game designers really need to start thinking about this when they when they write these games. Yeah, structure it so that you can play the game while it's downloading all the best assets. Give the player a choice. Say, you know what? We'll download the core app. It's ten gigs. That's what you download when you first buy it, and it has lo- very low resolution textures in it. And then you can choose to play it there, or you can choose to wait for the. You know, they assume everyone's on on massive bandwidth um, download capabilities. Don't sell a fifty gigabyte download game. Yeah. End of story. 
You can't, you can't, exactly. you can't download the scan. It's fifty gigs. Sorry, we're not going to. I gonna... mean, on my, I, I, as I'm sure there are plenty of people like this, as, as I've said before on the, on the show, on my internet connection, I wouldn't even be able to do that. It wouldn't take, it wouldn't take a week. It would take me a month. Yeah. It would take me a month just because of the speed of my connection, and in that time, I wouldn't be able to use my internet for anything else. It's just ridiculous. Yep. Yeah, and and I, I have no interest in it. I'm just not prepared to do it. You know, it's it's like going to the movie theater, yeah, and then <laughs> selling you a ticket, and then then pointing you at a waiting room, and you say you got to wait there, and then you say, well, how long do I have to wait here? Oh, we don't know. Well, it kind of depends. It depends. But, you know, it could be a couple of days before we we'll let you go in and see the movie. Yeah, yeah. you know what? We'll call you when you could come in and watch it. <laughs> it is. It's just insane, and it, it, the the problem is, is the if you debase the playing experience so much, people are just going to go forget it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm reading, a, I'm I'm looking online when you talk about this, and apparently, plenty of people are complaining yep, about this. Because I looked it up on when I was at about sixty percent, I'm like, what the hell is going on? So I Google searched it, and that's exactly what's going on. Everybody is waiting now. Some people said, you know, because you bought it on day one, that's kind of why. If you'd have waited a week, it'd been faster. Yeah, if I'd have gone to the store and bought it, I'd have been playing within an hour or so. But even those who bought the disc, when they install it, there's an update. It's yeah. a huge update. And then it has to install all the stuff from the disc, and it takes a couple hours. Are yeah. you are you freaking kidding me? They don't... These game manufacturers keep thinking, we're going to push the limits. We're going to do this. We're gonna... Okay, number one, stop pushing the limits. Just make a good game. Yeah. You know, stop shoving all these high-tech blah, blah, blah if the game's just going to suck. Because what they're doing is they're starting to condition people to think, oh, that looks like an interesting game. I don't know if it's any good or not. Uh, nah, you know what? It's going to take, like, six hours to download it. I'm just not going to bother. Or I, I, this game looks fun. I'm going to go to the store and buy it. You get to the store. It's $60. And well, I wonder if this is good. So I'm going to quick Google search it. Oh, look, here's... A thousand people complaining because they install the disc and there's an update and I got to wait or it's got to do a install and I have to have this much free space. And I know I don't because I've installed a bunch of games recently. So now I have to decide which games am I going to delete from my system so I can play this game. It's it's getting to the point where they're ruining gaming and more people are just going to get more and more turned off from it. And I'm one of them and I don't want to get sick of it, David. I don't want to not play. I I've been a video game player for 35 years. Yeah. 40 years. Well, uh, yeah. Well, and and the, the thing 35. is, as well, is have these people never heard of compression? I can't... I, I The the size of these games, just it, it defies belief. My, my thought is it probably is compressed. Ah, I bet you it's not. I no. bet you... Somebody, somebody somewhere, some bean counter probably said, you know what, the, pro- the cost of... Uh, compressing this stuff because we're going to be changing it all the time because they're constantly updating it is not worthwhile. Yeah, let's just send it down as it is. Everyone's on fiber. I, you know, it's just it just it's well, insulting. Yeah, and... I've, I've I've voted with my with my uh, wallet and I'm, I'm not doing it. Uh, oh. I have no interest. You know what? I picked up um I picked up a, a copy of Forza Four for yep. the Xbox 360 a couple of weeks ago. Alexander played it when we were on the cruise ship. Um, it's a fabulous game, an absolutely fabulous game. It cost me four pounds. So nothing. Yeah, yeah it, it, you know, and and you know what? Put the disc in; it works straight away. Sure. 
it. There are, this is the issue that, that they face for me. I have an Xbox 360, yeah, and a massive library of games I've never played. You know, I could play. I could be playing the Xbox 360 for the next 10 years. Yeah, on your fifth Xbox. Never, never run out of uh, things to play. Well, my Xbox is is because I, I bought in so late. My Xbox is perfectly fine mm, right now. You know, so yeah, but, it's uh, disappointing. I'm, I'm. It really does tick me off, though. It really does. Yeah, if I, you I, just want to pick up and play a game, well, so hopefully it's something that, that if you can't play it. Well, it, it did start playing. Yeah, but I mean, in those circuit, if, if it had been me. I'd started that, and then I found out after 10 gigs of downloads, I still couldn't play the game. I would have been saying, oh, well, I don't want it. Give me my money back. Can you do that with PSN? I don't know. Yeah. I've got another give me my money back situation to deal with at the minute, which yeah. is with the well, Apple, Apple, and, Apple and iTunes match. Mm-mm. What happened? So, well, I, you know what? I've been using streaming services and they're great and all and I've used different ones I've used Apple Music I've used Spotify at the moment I've got a three month trial with Google Play but there is something about having all your music available to you all the time um, and I, I, I thought to myself you know what I don't even I couldn't even remember what happened to my original iTunes music library because I've been using streaming for so long so I dug it out of a backup and I thought you know what I want to have this available on my computers and, and I, I want to have music players that I can carry with me that has all of it with me so when I'm travelling as I'm travelling all the time I can choose what I want from all of my music without having to worry about bandwidth or coverage I don't. I find with um, downloading music offline and using the streaming services that sometimes, particularly in the cities if coverage is variable you can get very very bad performance and you know, then you'll be halfway through through um, some tracks, and then all of a sudden they'll start cutting out all of that. I thought I just want everything with me, so I thought I know iTunes Match. That's a good way of doing it because I can stick my iTunes library on a um, on one machine, and then I can have it up in the cloud. So if I have don't happen to have a device with me, it's got the stuff on it. At least I can download it when I'm in Wi-Fi, and then I can I can load it straight to my iPhone. Sure. But I remember the reason I jacked in iTunes Match about three years ago was because um, it wasn't very good. It did this thing where you know you would upload all your library, and ten, fifteen percent of your library wouldn't upload for some reason, wouldn't be matched for some reason. And um, so you'd have an album, and nine out of ten tracks would be matched with something that comes from Apple's library, and there'd be one track that wasn't. And you could hear the difference because obviously those ones that come down from Apple's library are much better quality. Sure. Uh, and then the other thing as well was sometimes you would get whole bunches of tracks that for whatever reason iTunes match said were matched but they're not available in the cloud library so whatever device on you on they won't download so I thought well that was like three four years ago it must be a lot better now oh no it's exactly the same I've been saying since we've been starting the show that Apple does not know how to do services it's no. the biggest flaw in the company and it's the one thing that they keep emphasizing in their new product launches and they consistently suck at it. I don't. I don't understand it. I really, really don't. I don't get it. But the problem is, I've shelled out for a full year subscription. I want my money back because it doesn't work. They'll give you your money back. Oh, they will if I can get hold of them. I spent forty-five minutes on the phone this morning trying to get through somebody at Apple. I think you just go right into iTunes. Your iTunes account. I, I can turn it off, but they they won't give me the refund because I've I've bought a year. 
if you turn it off and stop using it, they don't just give you your money back. I thought the there's a refund back. option when you go into your actual account settings. I couldn't see it, but then it might be there, and I just can't see it because the iTunes application is a mess. Because I know you can request a refund for apps. Yeah. I don't think you can... Re- I couldn't see anywhere of requesting a refund for a subscription. The only thing Apple's done well in services is the iTunes movie stuff. Yeah. And so if you go into iTunes movie and you buy a movie, mm. whether it's on the Apple TV, uh, an iPhone, an iPad, your Mac, you just launch iTunes, you go to the movie store, I, I buy it. If I'm on my Mac, it says, do you want to download this? Yes or no. If you don't download it, it'll just stream it to you every time you play it. Yeah. Same thing, well, not quite the same thing on the the Apple TV. It, it just streams. It doesn't give you the option to download. But it, it streams perfectly down, and you can start watching it. And more, let's say I, I buy it on the Apple TV, and I watch 20 minutes of a movie. A couple of days later, I'm on my Mac, and I remember, oh, I, I bought that movie. So I launch iTunes. I download it. I hit play. It knows exactly where I left off on the Apple TV. It just continues playing. And it gives me the choice. Do you want to start at the beginning or do you want to continue watching it? I want to continue. Boom. Right where I left off to the second. It works perfect on every Apple device that, you know, supports that. If they're so good at that, why can't they fix music? You would think that would be even easier. Should be. These things are not in our, our, in iTunes library. We'll just upload these to the server. We won't touch your library at all, but we'll just copy the files over. And if you're on a device and you're signed in and that music isn't there and you hit play, you know, it's a, it's a less than a 10 megabyte file. It'll just boom, download in a second and start playing. That's what, that's what iTunes, iTunes match is meant to do that, but with bells on because it's meant to identify what's in your library and not upload the stuff that isn't there. That, that is there already, that they already have. But the right. problem is the, the, the matching algorithm doesn't work. Or it doesn't work reliably. Nobody knows why, because it's Apple, so they don't give you any uh, options. It's even worse than that. The interface to it. They, they changed metadata as well. So, yeah. for instance, Brooke wanted to listen to ACDC because she's got a friend at school that really likes ACDC, and she wanted to hear it in the car, and she wanted me to play it really loud. Great. Well... I know that I had ACDC on my iPhone. Now, remember, I had Apple Match for a while, and I turned it off. I was like, this sucks. So I went to ACDC, albums. I knew Back in Black is probably my favorite album. But there's only, like, four songs there. And I knew I had put the whole album on there. So I'm like, well, wait a minute. There's a bunch of songs missing. Oh, well, it decided that a couple of the songs, like Back in Black, didn't belong in uh, the album Back in Black. It put it in the greatest hits. Changed the cover art, changed the album. Same song. It's there. But now I got to go back. I got to go a different album. I got to select that album. Then I got to scroll down to find Back in Black. Are are you freaking kidding me? Now, how did I get it originally? I didn't buy it through iTunes. I had the CD. I ripped it probably a decade and a half ago, 15 years ago, put all the metadata in by hand, and it's been traveling computer to computer ever since. And it was just fine until Apple's match went in and just mangled my music library. So anybody who says, oh, it, it works, what's the big deal? 
there's a big deal. I put a lot of time and effort into importing all my CDs, and I had a lot of CDs. I've talked about on this show before, there was a local record company called The Rock Cafe. I built them a website, and instead of paying me money, they gave me a free CD every week. Now, when you're young, a free CD sounds great, but if you've been doing it for three and a half, four years, think about that. That's 52 CDs in a year. How many CDs could you possibly get? I would walk in there, and they're like, oh, you're like six CDs behind. Well, I got to go pick out six CDs. What the hell looks good? Well, I I guess I like the one song on this album. I must well get the whole thing, because, you know. So I, I imported it all. And back when I imported it, there wasn't an online database that I can go in and, and it just magically pulls the, the metadata over. I had to do it by hand. Yeah. There was a couple, actually. There was a couple services that I tried to use. And it was about 50% of my library. But we're talking thousands and thousands and thousands of songs. And I meticulously did all the work. And in one fell swoop, Apple just mangled all my data. Well, here's the thing. If you've got metadata on a track, it should match the track using the metadata. It, what it shouldn't do is dumb, do some sort of supposedly intelligent audio, audio matching technology and then try and match it something in the iTunes library. Why go through that effort when you've already told it exactly what the track is? Yeah. This is the, this is the fatal flaw with iTunes Match. It tried to be so clever. No, that's not iTunes is, Match. That's Apple. Well, it's Apple, it's the service they built and the way they designed it. But the problem is, if it doesn't work, you've got to fix it. They haven't fixed, they haven't touched this software nope. since they launched it. Yep. You know, and, and so so here we are. And um, But it's, 20, not 20, fi- it's not broken in Apple's opinion. Well. Because you're going to do it Apple's way, and then that's it. There is no other way. It's Apple's way. And yeah, that's my irritation work, with Apple. And it doesn't work for me, and I'm I'm just really disappointed. I thought with the launch of iCloud Music Library and Apple Music that this would have been a solved problem now, and nope. it just isn't. So I'm 22 quid down. I'm on the app. I'm on the iTunes Match subscription page in iTunes right now, and it says cancel subscription. If you cancel now, you can still access your subscription until the 9th of October 2017. So they're going to keep your money going to keep my money unless i ask for it back and of course they make it really difficult to ask for it back it's irritating it's irritating and you know what for that same amount of money i'm an amazon prime subscriber i could have paid that money to amazon they would let me upload half a million tracks to uh, their storage service for nothing yeah and uh, they would do no fancy matching it would just be files yep and, and that your would, files that would work much, my files and that would work much better you know, I, I don't understand why Apple doesn't get it. They just they don't get it. They don't respect their users when it comes to stuff like that. They're all in for protecting our privacy, yeah, but not our not our private data. Well, and that's why when I upgraded to Sierra, it said, "Hey, do you want to sync your desktop and your documents?" Hell no, you don't touch that right, Apple. I don't yeah. trust you at all. And, and at the disappointing all. thing is, these are solved problems. Oh, well, these you are know. problems that have been solved years ago. You're absolutely yeah. right. But Apple completely ignores the solutions that are out there, thinks their way is better. Not only is their way better, it's the only way. And they're so freaking arrogant about it. Yeah. And and worse than that, they implement something, and then they move on to something else, and they never look at it again. Yeah. You know, I, if, they, if they set up an iTunes match team who basically engineered the hell out of this and made it absolutely perfect i could live with the rough spots at the start i really could but they don't 
they don't fix anything when it comes to software they just don't fix these sorts of services they fix stuff in the os's um and that's about it that's you're about right right yeah. I, I can't argue with your uh with your with your statement i can't argue with how you feel about it i i we're 100 percent in agreement and, you know and I would bet you that there's no one listening to this that could argue intelligently against what we just said. Well, I'd, Not I'd one love somebody, person. I'd love, I'd love somebody who did, who would to be. Yeah, honest. let us know. Who could, who could justify this? Yeah, you know. Of course, we're never getting anybody from Apple to uh, to to come on here and justify it. Well, I know they. Uh, I know there's I, people at Apple who listen to the show. Yeah. And you know, I'm sure there's they're they're probably frustrated for two reasons: either they're frustrated because they agree with us, or they're frustrated because there is something that we don't know, but they can't tell us. But you know what? And it, it's the end result is the same. I used this service three years ago. I stopped using it for exactly this reason, and now I've come back to it again, and it's no better. No. And uh, yeah, it's it's not my old library. Because, you know, I, I had a copy of my library. I started with a clean library, and I started pulling tracks into it. So there's no legacy rubbish from my old library. I was basically re-importing the songs one album at a time. And within five or six albums, I started seeing it happening, where nine out of ten tracks would be matched, one wouldn't. And then there was one album where when I, um, I left the thing stinking for a couple of days and then I went to look at it on my iPhone and there was one album where I could only listen to one track on that album. The rest of it was kind of grayed out. Yeah. And it was, you know... The, and there's iTunes no library, obvious my, solution. My yeah, my iTunes line on the computer said it was matched and uploaded. Yeah. So there's absolutely no reason why it should do that as far as I can see and yeah, I did all the things it turned iTunes match off and on and all of this didn't make any difference well this so, is where you know, Amazon and this is where Google has a prime opportunity to take over the space from frustrated Apple users who are just sick of the the complete apathy on Apple's part for paying customers who are getting ripped off yeah and it's apathy they don't care they never address it I'm tired of this whole secrecy thing. They don't. They don't say anything. They don't reply publicly. Really, great. How good's that working for Motorola right now? Who turns out they knew that their replacement phones were catching on fire. What so do they Samsung, do? Not, not or, Motorola. Samsung. Thank you. Well, yeah. Uh, and, and what do they do? They go to the engineers and say we're not going to communicate anything about this. In electronic form because we don't want any kind of record. So when we get sued, there's no records. There's no no one could prove what we knew. So instead of doing what's right, they cover up. Yeah, it's it's disgusting. Absolutely shameful. It's really uh, shameful. it's illegal. Yeah, I mean that's that's illegal, isn't it? I mean they're hiding evidence. Uh, I well, I I don't. It's not evidence. Yeah. Well, nobody nobody can force them to write down things they're doing internally. That's that's their decision. Right. It's certainly unethical. Um, it's certainly very very cold hearted. When I read about that, I thought, you know what? I think I'm done with uh, with that company, with yeah. Samsung. I I'm I'm just done with them. Look, we've we haven't had a lot of good things to say. We just said that last week. It's all been justified. But you know what? I'm done with Samsung. I'm not going to spend a dime on any of their products. I'm really not. Yeah. Not, not when not when they're causing people's houses to burn down, and then their solution is one of PR and legal. Not doing what's right. Not being a moral company. Not being good. Just they, be good. 
Yeah, they've been dragged kicking and screaming to this recall. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, I understand it's going to cost them a lot of money. Uh, I think they'd have been better to get in front of this early, but you know, the it's going problem to cost is, them even is more that, money now. Yeah, and 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 what's it cost the brand? And, and sure enough, I saw a story today on the Verge saying that Samsung is now launching a PR campaign to try and ensure people understand it's only the Note Seven that's affected, and not any phone from them with the Seven in the name. <laughs> so, you know, I think it, we ought to start a, a PR campaign that, uh, you know, Samsung is the cover-up company. Samsung is a company that sells PR and shit products because they are now. I don't yeah. care how good their actual product. If you're using a Samsung, get out of it. Take it back to the store. Get a refund. Don't yeah. buy another product for them because they don't care. All they want is your money. They're do now. They're just going through the whole cover up thing. They're more worried about their PR and how much money they're going to lose than someone's house who burnt down, someone's car that got caught on fire and burnt down. Instead of doing what's right by the customer, somebody's skin who got burned. Yeah, you know the phone exploded in their pocket. It's it's shameful. Yeah, and it's not the batteries. That's 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 kind of becoming clear now. Yeah, Experts in the field are saying this isn't a battery problem. This is the device's problem because Absolutely. they replace those the batteries. batteries. It's yeah, same and, thing and, happened. And the, the other thing as well, we were speculating a couple of weeks ago that it was Chinese batteries. It turns out, no, it isn't because Samsung makes all of their own stuff. Yep. This was a Samsung battery made in Korea by a Samsung company. Yep. Yeah, so it's not even some you know dodgy uh, Chinese factory where perhaps quality standards were, were not good or anything. This is a dis- this looking like it's a design flaw in the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it it is it could not be more Samsung's responsibility. I wouldn't trust any Samsung product at this point, especially a phone. Some a phone that I'm going to be holding up to my ear that I'm going to have in my front pockets right next to my crotch. Really, yeah. I'm going to trust a Samsung product at this point. Because the issue with the whole uh, not letting the engineers email each other thing is it makes it much harder for them to find out and solve the problem. They can't communicate. Yeah, and not repeat yeah. this in a future product. But, oh, exactly. now you can't yeah. communicate how, because how, we're too worried about a lawsuit. Yeah, how can you have lessons learned to make sure it never happens again if the engineers who really detailed the specifics of the problem never wrote anything down in case it got subpoenaed? Now, look, those we guys, were... Those guys move off. Move to another company that that uh, knowledge is lost. That means in yep. two, three years' time, it could happen again. Oh, I think it will. To be honest, the the culture of Samsung, from what I've seen from the outside looking in, encourages it. And here's a question: Honestly, do you think if this was Google, Microsoft, or Apple, they would have had the same response to Samsung? I don't think so. I think I honestly believe. Microsoft would have got out in front of this, issued a recall, issued an apology, and would have been transparent. I think the same thing with Google, and I think the same thing even more so with Apple. When it came to someone getting hurt, those companies would have been out there doing something about it, not already orchestrating a Mm cover-up. Yeah, it's very, very disappointing. Um, And, uh, you know, look, I, I, I completely agree with your view. Um, you know, Sam, I would think very long and hard about buying a buying a certainly buying a Samsung phone uh, and anything else from Samsung as well. You know? Well, I think we should start using Samsung um, as a noun. I saw this car, and it was yeah. just it was a piece of Samsung. It really was. Didn't run. 
It was just a piece of Samsung. It was it was horrible. Uh, <laughs> I like the Samsung. We got to take a break soon because I got to go use the Samsung real quick in the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really I, I'm really ticked off about it. I really really am. What man? It's just if this was a Kindle Fire, do you think Amazon would be covering it up? I don't think so. I don't think I so think, either. I think, uh, I think most companies would, as soon as they realize the severity of the problem, would act straight away to do something better. You know, this, what's the history of this? First of all, Samsung suggested it was a very isolated problem. Then they suggested that, um, that you know, what they could do is maybe patch it over the air. Then they said, no, we've identified it's a battery, so we'll just replace the bad units. And they said how. And they, then again, they did things to make battery notifications change color depending on when, which type of battery you had. And then, then of course, when when the replacement units started catching fire, again, their attitude was, well, we don't maybe maybe the people were mistaken and that sort of thing. Yeah, and and they were they were dragged kicking and screaming to this. Uh, the you know, it was only when basically all their customers, which the carriers, started turning around saying, "You know what? We're not going to sell any more of these phones." Yep. That they decided to go into full recall mode, and now they've got a hell of a problem because guess what? Most of the postal carriers won't carry those phones anymore because they're dangerous. Yep. So they've had to design a special flame-proof box to return them into, and all the all the cellular phone stores. They don't want to have a big stock of returned uh, Note 7s in their back room in case they all catch fire. They, You know, they've created a massive, massive problem for themselves. Yep. Let's take a quick break, David, and uh, we'll be right back. Hey, Siri. Could you read the three geeky ladies promo script? Sure. Elisa says... Welcome to the Three Geeky Ladies podcast and introduces Susay and Vicky. Susay says, Hello everyone. Vicky says, Hi. Elisa, want to know how we feel about the new Apple product? Susay, what about the iOS camera? Vicky, or the MacBook Pro update? Elisa, Susay, and Vicky in unison, then, listen to the Three Geeky Ladies podcast Siri, the Three Geeky Ladies podcast on the My Mac Podcasting Network. Back here on the Tech Fan Podcast number 275 with me, Tim Robertson, and that guy over there, he's David Cohen. And we want to thank our sponsor this week, which is MacSales.com. You know, David, we talk about upgrading your Macs quite a bit, but let's be honest, not everybody can do that. You know, nope. uh, opening up a Mac and... I'll give you an example. OWC came out with a product uh, way back when, during the first time I was uh, doing some contract work with them, I called the Data Doubler. And it allowed you to put a second hard drive in your Mac, your iMac. And that was pretty amazing. Yeah. But it's kind of an involved process, and not everybody has the technical chops to do it. Or... What if you're disabled? What if you, you can't use one of your hands? What if you can't see very well? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of reasons, besides just not having the technical chops, that you cannot do an upgrade of this level because it's very small screws, very precise. 
it's not easy for everybody. Now, you no, and I, we have the technical chops. We do, but you know what? Even when I do something like this, I'm always worried about breaking something. Absolutely. And there's nothing worse than having a very expensive piece of kit that works fine, and you take it apart, do something to it, and bust it. Yep. So OWC has a really cool service that they do upgrade, or they do offer. It's called the OWC Turnkey Upgrade Program. Now, what this program does, and it's available for the Mac Mini, the iMac, and the Mac Pro. If you want to upgrade one of those items, but you're just not really comfortable doing it yourself, you can reach out to OWC, and they will send you a shipping box. You pack your Mac in it, send it to them. They perform the upgrade, and they send it back. What's cool about that, David, though, like you were saying, what it, you're kind of worried about breaking something. You know you can do it, but what if you break one of those ribbon cables? Yeah. And, and they're hard. They're yourself. inflexible. Yeah, I've done it. You know, it's, oh, man, now i got to order this thing. Which part is it? I don't know. I can, ugh. And now your Mac's down for a couple more days. You're, you're screwed. Well, yep. if you send your Mac to them, if they break a cable, they're going to replace it. They're not going to charge you for it. They did it. So you know it's going to be done right. And if there's any problems, they're just going to take care of it. Yep. They're not going to send you back a non-working Mac. That's That's not an option. So as an example... Just the iMacs. If you got a 2010 iMac, a 27 inch, a 27 inch 2011 iMac, or 21 and a half inch 21 or 2011 iMac, you could send that to Apple, or to uh, you could send your Apple Mac to Mac Sales, and they will upgrade it for you. What can they do? They can put an eSATA port in those machines. Uh, they can put up to three, I said three internal SSDs in it. They could put a regular hard drive in it up to 4 terabytes, 7,200 RPM. They can upgrade your RAM up to 32 gigs. That's that's really nice that there's a service out there that will just take care of it for you. Cheap and buy a new computer. So I'm going to put a link into MacSales.com in the show notes. If you've got a Mac that falls into these categories... The OWC offers this turnkey upgrade program and you're just not comfortable or unable to do it yourself, there is an option. And it's not an expensive option either. So we want to thank MacSales.com for sponsoring this episode of TechFan. Speaking of upgrades, David, you remember I was telling you that uh, my wife's 5S had the battery swollen problem and she just bought a 6S instead? Yep. Well... Brooke's iPhone, uh, she's using an iPhone 4S, my old one. It's a glorified iPod Touch, to be honest. Yeah. It just doesn't have a cell signal. Well, it would if I put a, a, a SIM card in it, but Julie and I are not... We don't want to give Brooke an iPhone or a cell phone right now. Yeah. It had the same problem. The battery just sw- started swelling up about a week ago. And she... Well, not even that long ago. About four or five days ago. She uses that thing all the time to listen to music, to watch movies, to check her email, to browse the internet. Now, she's got a MacBook, but she yeah. really uses the iPhone more. And it's not hers. It's ours. It's technically mine. Yeah. And Cole uses a regular 4, and she's been using a 4S. Well, her battery swole, too. And the glass started coming up a little bit. That's how I knew the, what the problem is. Yeah. And Julie's 5S is was still sitting there as well. So I thought, you know what? The, 
This is kind of a common thing, and I know you could buy replacement batteries fairly cheaply. So I jumped on eBay and I looked for a battery for the 4S and I found one for, I'm going to say five bucks with free shipping. And then I found one for the 5S that came with a toolkit and it's the same toolkit for the 4S for like 12 bucks. So for less than 20 bucks, I ordered these, I had them delivered and the 5S came in first, thankfully, because that had the toolkit. So I spent about a half hour and I replaced Julie's uh, 5S battery. Now, unfortunately, when the other battery swelled up on that one, it did damage it a little bit, i.e. the glass actually separated from the LCD. And no matter how much I push it down, it's just not staying down. Mm-hmm. But it works again because it's got a brand new battery in it. Yeah. It's fine. So we put it in a case and it works great. Yesterday, I got the battery for Brooks 4S. That was a lot easier to replace than the 5S phone. There's no comparison. It was literally the two screws right next to the the lightning port. You take those out. You take the back off with the little splurge, splunge, whatever tool. Sponger. Sponger. Take that off. That was super simple. There's two little screws that hold the shield in. You take those off. You unhook the battery. There's one tiny little piece of something in there that you got to have. Make sure you don't lose that. Put the new battery or take the old battery out, put the new battery in, reverse the process. It literally took me 10 minutes and that phone's working great. And it hadn't swollen up very much. So it went back together just fine. Yeah. And actually the, the battery that I bought for the 4S has twice the capacity as the original. This is this is the thing. If you buy these newer ones, they will be better because battery technology has moved along. Yep. So um, yeah, it's definitely. I mean, you've, you've got to obviously you've got to have the the willingness to do it. But there's lots of videos online with a little bit of preparation and the, what most importantly, the right tools. Um, and the tools came with this. the one, so yeah. I, there was no problem there. You need a suction cup for the 5S. Yeah. yeah. But it comes with a suction cup, and it was really it, it worked perfect. I'm telling you, I spent less than an hour. I fixed both of these phones, kind of. I mean, the 5S, you have to have it in a case, but it's fine. It works just great. Um, and here's two phones that are back in service for less than 20 bucks. And and this is the thing. You know, if you're after a, a, a phone, an Apple phone, you can pick up phones that for not very much money online that are damaged and you can fix them yourself if yep. you've got the if you've got a little bit of technical knowledge. The thing is, it's never been easy to do this because there's videos out there, there's how tos, there's detailed step by step instructions. You can print them out. I had a video even... up on screen for both of these that I would just yeah. where I'm at doing it. I had the video right there. I watched it. I paused it. I did that part. I unpaused it. And I watched the next part. Actually, I watched the whole thing first. Then I went back and yeah. and pa- it was simple. Yeah, I don't want to say anybody can do this, but. Most people can do this. So if you've got an iPhone and the battery has swollen and it hasn't really damaged it much yet, get that battery out as soon as possible because it will continue to swell. It will cause problems. And I had two of them within, what, a a month and a half period that swelled up on me. And and these phones can be used again. Now, neither one of them are actually going to be used as a phone. Even the 5S now, honestly, Brooke is going to get that 5S. Because it's, yeah. it's a bigger screen, and she, she'll really like it. Cole uses a 4, so I'm going to move him over to the 4S because it's a faster, better phone than the 4. Yeah. And look, it's 
you know, we live in a, a consumer society where everybody goes out and buys something new all the time. It's nice to take something old and keep it working, particularly for the kids. Yep. You know, the kids, because let, let's face it, if one of those phones that gets dropped and smashed, then you're not going to be anywhere near as upset about that as you are um, the day of seven. a new phone. Yeah. Exactly. And, yeah, if, if don't get me wrong, if my kid drops and sm- smashes an old phone, I'm still going to chew him out over it because sure. that's a li- that's a life lesson you know yep. that's you know at, this is this is why we try and take care of expensive things but i'm not going to be as upset about it as if he had a brand new phone um certainly yeah i sent you a picture this week um of something similar that i did uh you know what i remember seeing it pop in but i've been distracted yeah. i don't know if i ever actually went back and looked at it. let me pull that out so, yeah so this is a um i'll, I'll call it a, a light purple it's really pink <laughs> oh yes i remember i, I did look at find. that i did look at that so this is a, this is a pink ipod mini second generation one so originally it had a four gig drive in it they came in four and six gig and when and david this. sent me this photo it shows yeah. david cohen's ipod how many songs the capacity and availability and i went what <laughs> and so my response was 120 gigabytes and his response was yep and i thought wait a minute that that looks like the pink that's like second or third generation of the the little one this is 2005 yeah 2004, I was, 2005 ipod i was like they didn't come yeah. in 120 gigs okay in four gig or six yeah so yeah i've done this before but i've never done this to the to the degree and i was the re- one of the reasons i went on that kind of itunes match jag is because i want my whole music library with me my music library is about 80 gigs something like that we're only um, using um, about five on this thing but well, not even that because yeah. capacity is 119 no, no, yeah, and no, available is 116 you've got yeah, 479 songs <laughs> i had to put the whole thing on no i would say not I, I did that this afternoon so the ipod mini is really easy to work on because what you do is you take the top off you take the bottom off they've just pry you know you get a battery toolkit or something you get the tools you need for this you pry the top and the bottom off there's a kind of little spring plate that comes out the bottom and you have to disconnect the click wheel connector from the motherboard and then two screws you undo at the top and then the whole guts of the ipod slides out from the inside the chassis is actually quite tough and thick compared to modern ipods which is great because I don't know about you, but if I've got a small uh, music player or something like that, you know, that's the sort of thing that you can drop. So yeah. I like to have something a little bit tough. The drive on the iPod Mini was actually a compact flash hard drive. So it's a little hard drive in the format of a compact flash uh, card called a micro drive. And they came in four and six gig, gig capacities. So you can pull that out. You can get, I think I paid about five pounds on Amazon. A basically an SD card adapter that's in the form of compact of a compact flash drive. So I put a 128 gig SD card into that, plug that into the iPod, change the battery because the battery was dead on the iPod that I bought. How much eBay. is the battery? It was again was about three pounds. Yeah, like nothing. Yeah, and double the capacity of the yep. original one. Yeah, put the whole thing back together, slid it in, plugged it into iTunes, reformatted it, 128 gig iPad I, iPod. Yeah, unfortunately, you can't use a uh, wired headphones because Apple. Oh wait, yeah, yeah, you can. You can use any <laughs> headphones. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty awesome, dude. Know, it is. It is pretty cool. Um, the nice thing about the iPod Mini is it feels really solid. Yeah. Um, so it feels kind of tough, 
And again, you know, I, I've I've invested relatively little amount of money in there. If you go and buy the the last iPod that could hold that sort of music, that sort of capacity, 120, 160 gig, they were about two hundred dollars. $250 when they were new the price of them has gone through the roof since they were discontinued yeah so I've you- got a fifth generation <coughs> excuse me I've got a fifth generation um, it was before it was called the iPod Classic it was just the iPod It was it's black and I want to say it was I think OWC to be honest but it might have been somebody else sent me this for review and it was an upgrade kit and I put a 250 gig hard drive in it I still yeah. have it I, I love it I I I forget to charge it. Every now and then I'll charge it up and then I go, oh, I've added, you know, 50 new songs to the iTunes library. So I'll plug it in and it'll just sync those over because it's, it's my whole library. Yeah. So it turns out for pretty much all the iPods you can get, uh, there's a guy who makes these little cards that allows you to put a SATA or SSD drive in there or SD cards in pretty much any of the bigger iPods as well. So if you've got a bigger iPod you want to do this too, um, then it's pretty easy. I'm going to, Send. They also have. He also has all the tools you need for opening them and everything. I'm going to send you the link uh, through Skype, Tim, so you can put it in the show notes. Yeah, so absolutely. If interested in having a go at this, then uh, then and just go to iFixit to get the opening instructions for the um, for the device, and uh, and you'll be away. And it, it'll uh, yeah, actually it'll, be lighter if you pull a, a hard drive out of a classic and put an SD card. <laughs> oh mean, yeah, absolutely. You'll, yeah. you'll lose half the weight. It'll be like, wow, this is kind of. Uh, and for those who are wondering, if, if you're not looking in the show notes, it's www.iflash.xyz. So real yep. simple to use, or simple to remember. That's really cool, man. Yeah, it is. I, I like it. And I've got all my music with me again. I just need to get my money back from, <laughs> from the iTunes match. So it goes from the 5G all the way up to the 7G. Yeah, and they also have the he also has here the SD card flash adapter which you can use in the ipod mini um but actually i wouldn't buy his one because his is 15 pounds and uh i've got one off amazon for let for about a quarter of that amount so but if you want to support this guy buy it there absolutely yeah well that's really cool i like that a lot huh yep you know it's these kind of things that you you i like refurbishing old tech david i really do i think it's it's worthwhile you know, just because yeah. something's the latest and greatest doesn't mean it's necessarily better yeah, than what came uh, before. Absolutely. And, and you know, we talked before about old computers is that for 90% of what most of us do on our computers now, you could do with a computer from 10 years ago. You might want to soup it up a little bit, uh, make it run a little bit faster. Yeah, you might not be able to watch like Netflix that. or YouTube, though. Yeah, I, I guess. I guess so. Um, but you know what? Most people watch Netflix and YouTube on their phones now, anyway. Yeah. But I'm talking about for doing work type of stuff. You know, yep. if you're going to do stuff on websites, if you're going to um, write, do do any writing or spreadsheets or email and that sort of thing. You know, you can do that on a on pretty much any computer. Um, well, David and I are obviously advocates for all you know repurposing tech. We'd love to hear from you guys. Do you refurbish tech? Is there stuff out there that you've refurbished and, and put back into production, if you will. It, it made its way back onto your desk. Yeah. What is it? What, you, what what have you done? We'd love to hear from that. We'd love to share that with people. And and this does tie back to what we were talking about last week, the Raspberry Pi. You know, that type of computing, that type of tech kind of messing around with is something that a lot of people have lost with the, 
yeah. you know, the modern sleep machines that are all sealed up and you can't do anything with them. Well, you I know, was I thinking... A, go ahead. Yeah, I have, um, I, I'm, I have a Retina MacBook Pro here that I actually took into the Apple Store the other day because the screen is starting to delaminate. All the anti-glare coating is coming off the front. Mm. This is one my brother sold to me, and he sold it to me like this. And I found out that Apple actually has a on the quiet an exchange program for that and they'll just fix the screen for free so i wanted a range to do that um and that was pretty cool uh, this this computer is like four years old and they're still prepared to fix that for free so i appreciate that so absolutely you know, good for apple on that one um but when he did the, when he did the um when he did the diagnostics on it to get the serial number and everything he kind of plugged it into an ethernet cable and booted it up off a server in there and ran this very funky diagnostics program um for it which i i I meant to mention to you actually the progress bar for it looked like it was running on on classic mac os oh really like something on os 9 it had that kind of that blue and purple thing with the striped lines inside it and uh it looked i i almost i i didn't but i almost want to say something that looks like is is that come some sort of throwback thing anyway he when he'd done the diagnostics he said you know your battery's um not so great on here i said yeah i've noticed the battery's on the way out um and the the reason i the reason i was particularly aware of it because i looked into changing the battery on this machine and it turns out you can't Hmm. at least not easily because it's glued in the case so bad that um you can't really can't change it he even said to me because we were talking about the timelines for the screen replacement and i said could you do the battery at the same time they'll charge me for that for the battery but it's not massively expensive and i will get double battery life again um he said yes he said we couldn't do that at the same time that we'd have to do that as a separate job because to replace the battery on these laptops we have to replace the whole of the top case jeez so basically they would effectively be replacing virtually the whole laptop if they did that yeah which is madness <laughs> i can't help feeling is madness to design it that way <laughs> you know I, I don't understand the the particularly for a part which they know is going to wear out yeah you know, i don't understand the logic, logic of that it, yeah, and it, that, it goes back to the, its design over it's yeah it's form over function board, they know that nine times out of ten you're not going to change the logic board yeah it's never going to come out of there but the battery they know is designed to only last for a certain period of time yeah so why glue it in there to the point that they actually have to replace a good 40 50 percent the computer to to change it over i don't understand it can't you just go to ming on the line and go use half the glue you don't have to use the whole tube on each come on yeah i mean basically i really looked into this and even the ifixit guys said you know what don't go into this lightly it is really really hard to get that battery out of there um and uh so i figured well yeah that that's probably that probably is a situation where i probably end up busting what is still a pretty good functional laptop and and is is not a cheap one because it's not that old so what's going on with the echo so i uh, amazon echo launched here in the uk a few weeks ago and uh, they had a promotional offer for prime members where they knocked a third off the price so i snapped one up uh took delivery last week and i have to say for somebody who's used siri for a while the amazon echo is really really impressive for a start for the money i paid for it um i paid a hundred pounds so it's not cheap yeah it's not cheap but it's a lot cheaper than than the regular price but you know what you would pay that sort of money for a good quality bluetooth speaker and this is a good quality Bluetooth speaker. 
And what I think is, is actually the best Bluetooth speaker I've ever, ever owned because it's controllable by voice. Hmm. I can pair it to my iPhone just by talking to it. I did so. It was really easy. And then, you know, I, I have it in the kitchen. And any time I want to listen to music while I'm doing the dishwasher or something, that all I just say is, I'm not going to say the word because in case anyone's got one in his shop, but I call out to it and I say, connect iPhone, play Overcast or play whatever. And it just starts playing. And then if somebody comes in and wants to speak to me, I can just call out to it and say stop, and it stops straight away. And you know what? It doesn't matter whether it's playing music, whether the TV's on or anything, it always hears you. It's it's like magic. In fact, we had to change the uh, trigger word on it because uh, uh, my son's name is Alexander, which is very close to yeah. the trigger word for it. And sometimes we're having conversation and it hears us and it, it starts trying to interpret what we say. But the speech recognition on it is excellent. It really does, even if it can't always un- uh, answer your question, it most of the time it understands. It's very rare it says, oh, I didn't get that. It always seems to Unlike Siri. I, exactly, unlike Siri. And you know what? It's an internet radio as well because it has that built in. So I can just say, play BBC Radio 2, and it will just start playing. It will just start streaming it over the web. Wow. So when you start looking at all these bits and pieces that are built into the service that goes behind it, it doesn't come across as expensive as you might think because it's actually very, very functional. Um, we're not using a lot of the kind of, you know, buy me new paper towels or anything like that on it yet. That's something we still need to kind of... But the option is there. The option is there. And the thing is, is Amazon are developing it very, very quickly. Hmm. So um, I'm pretty pleased with it. Um, I think it's a really, really nice system. And, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a luxury. Um, but... Uh, you know, I got it at a discount. I figured figured it was worth having a go, and I did it for you guys, really. <laughs> sure, you did. Yeah. <laughs> Not a whole lot else going on. I've got a new piece of tech coming in, but uh, it was it's for review. It's an, one of my Amazon reviews. It's the TomTom uh, Tom Spark Three Cardio Plus Music. Uh, it's a watch. Now I've got an Apple Watch, uh, but I'm kind of curious about this, and you know. It's one of these things that they'll send me for free and I try out. So I'm going to do that. I, I am curious. It, it kind of looks pretty cool, to be honest. Very yeah, Apple Watch-ish. TomTom stuff always looked very cool. I, I've been disappointed with them over the years. They, they're they a Dutch company, um, and they started in GPS mappers, you know, kind of GPS units for the car. Yep. Um, and uh, so I've used a few of their products over the years. The problem is, is that... They're one of those companies that when they stop supporting something, they drop it straight away and then it's just kind of, you know, you really struggle to keep it working. And also as well, they they often had bugs in their products that took them a long time to fix. So while their um, GPS mappers now are pretty mature and, um, you know, probably as good as anything else in the market, it took them a while to get there and they, they really did have this kind of, air of small company syndrome back at the beginning so i'd I'd be interested to see you know bearing in mind they're now pushing into this this space of the wearables which will be new for them how good it is or whether it's as rough as some of my encounters with their earlier products or not it's 227 dollars on amazon which is putting it in the same category as an apple watch yeah i i guess they're selling on the you know what people who run who are really into running Mm mm-hmm um, and most people who, who want a proper GPS fitness tracker are probably really into running, um, are often willing to shell out a lot of money for these devices. So they may be looking to capitalize on that. But 
I'm not seeing that it does anything at all over and above the Apple Watch. No. No, in fact, probably does slightly less. But um, I'd be interested to see how you how you find it and whether you think it's any good or not. I'm looking at some of the questions and answers. Um, let's see. No, it doesn't look like you could do that. It, it's really... I can't really say anything about it. I, I, I it's yeah. hasn't even shipped yet. It's pending shipment yeah. right now. So, yeah, it's something that I look forward to talking about in the future. It, it looks interesting, yeah. and uh, I not, hope it's as good as the Apple Watch. Yeah, it's not particularly good looking. I'll, I'll say. Mm, Beauty's in the eye so. of the beholder. Yeah, but you know, it's kind of black rubber thing. Well, yeah, they do have a white version or aqua. I think that's hideous myself, but I'd rather the black. Yeah. Yeah, the the aqua's hideous. And the band looks kind of, I don't know, cheapish. But, again, I haven't got it yet. I don't want to judge anything by a picture. Um, We'll see. When it gets here, we'll we'll take a look at it, and we'll see what we can see. And speaking of uh, seeing, before we wrap up, we did get uh, feedback from uh, our friend Brendan. Yeah. Brendan was riffing on our talk about the security of the Internet of Things. And um, for anybody who's listened to Brendan's contributions before, I think we, we've recognized that, that Brendan's a little bit down on the Internet of Things. Yep. Um, and um, he's talking about the attack on uh, Brian Krebs, famous well-known security researcher who suffered a pretty major denial-of-service attack on his personal uh, website. And uh, he says, that, Brendan says, the web is going from bad to worse. And he quotes from a, a Vice.com article about this. Is, what was new about the Krebs attack was both the massive scale and the particular devices the attackers recruited. Instead of using traditional computers for their botnet, they used CCTV cameras, digital video recorders, home routers, and other embedded computers attached to the Internet as part of the Internet of Things. Yeah. So, um, look, this, this unfortunately is a problem. There's a hell of a lot of equipment out there that's cheaply made, cheaply supported uh, and security, if it was even considered, was an afterthought. Stick that on the internet, it can be compromised and used to direct traffic other people. Um, and until they hit somebody who's in a position to do something about it, like a legislature or something like that, this is going to be a continuing problem. It really is. And if it's a problem, it, it, see, here's the problem as I see it. The internet was built originally, and the foundation still is, built on trust. Uh, This foreign computer is asking for information. My job is to give it information. Yep. You know, that is the essence of the internet, is sharing information. Now, we've tacked on a lot of stuff like banking and shopping and blogs and podcasting and music and movies. We've tacked all these things onto technology which was developed in the 1980s and came into fruition the web in the 90s early 90s and it was built on trust sharing and we're we're still trying to balance that freedom that trust that sharing with security. 
Well, I think the issue is actually a lot of people aren't trying to balance that. I think they're just sticking things on the internet and they're so focused on that that they don't think about the security. These problems have all been solved. The internet can be used securely, um, certainly to the level of security that deters the casual script kiddie or some or uh, somebody who's not working for a nation state to be able to co-op your devices. Yeah. The, the the issue is is that these companies don't bother doing any of that. It's the documentation is there, the um, methodologies are there, the uh, infrastructure and the hardware required to do it is all there. But the problem is all of that takes time, effort, and money to implement. And you know the companies who are putting these things together just want to get their products to market, and so it's an afterthought. They don't want to long-term have to have a security team supporting some camera they sold five years ago. But unfortunately, that's what you need to do to, to maintain security. Now, they could take a, a, a smart approach, which would be to build a secure platform for all of their products going forward and use that platform. And so they don't have to think about it and they spread the costs over all of their products. But unfortunately, modern manufacturing and development means that people rarely have that level of foresight. So it doesn't happen, and yep. consequently we all suffer. And until somebody regulates the ind- – and I, you know, I'm not a big fan of, re- of regulation for regulation's sake, but security of Internet devices, and I'm talking about all of them, all the way from the phones down to these little things, you know, somebody needs to have a level of responsibility uh, rather than – banging on the door of, of these companies saying we need access to your devices for law enforcement reasons they should be saying you know what for the protection of everybody on the planet you have a, a responsibility to make sure they can't be abused by other people and, and unfortunately nobody's nobody's uh, got that got that mindset at the moment and i don't think that's going to change anytime soon no it's you know this is a, look this is like the car industry was in the 40s and the 50s yeah People were people were dying at the time. It's not serious as, as suffering denial of service attack. Uh, obviously, it's more serious than that. But the thing is, people were dying because manufacturers wouldn't put things like seat belts and uh, collapsible dashboards and uh, things that weren't going to spike you when you had an accident and decent brakes, and decent steering, and everything like. They weren't putting those in their, their cars because they they didn't have to. Nobody made them to. It was only until regulation came along that that was enforced because they would always say, oh, well, the customer doesn't want it and the customer is king. Yep. Yeah. And the customer, when they're buying these things, don't care, doesn't care, think about security. They just think about, I want to do the cool thing it does. I want to be able to control my lights on a smartphone. I want to be able to see the baby when I'm out to dinner. Um, they don't think about, they assume that whoever's doing it, doing it for them is doing it securely, but most of them are not. You know, I was talking about, we're going to wrap up here in just a second. Uh, I was talking about the security system that I got in. Yep. And I haven't progressed at all installing anything. I've got one camera. I've got three cameras up, but only one of them actually wired, plus a test one in the basement right next to the unit itself. You want to know why? Why? The interface to configure anything is one of the worst piece of crap things <laughs> I've ever dealt with. Yeah. And nothing yeah. is intuitive. I can't figure out how to do some basic, basic things. Yeah. Um, I'm very, very disappointed. From dealing with, uh, I've I've played with a couple of Wi-Fi cameras of my own in the past, um, and for dealing with those things, this really does not surprise me. Because again, the software interface will be the last thing that anybody thought about. Yeah. Yeah. 
So with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of TechFan. Obviously, we'd love to get feedback from you. Um, we are starting to get some good feedback, David, and it's kind of tapered off, even though the stats show that more people are actually listening to the show. So please send us feedback. We'd really like to read your feedback. Give us your thoughts, your opinions. Have you upgraded some old tech? We want to know about that. Uh, two weeks ago, I was talking about, have you come up with a really cool solution? Uh, when I was talking about the whole email hack thing, let us know. Yeah. We we just want to hear from you guys. And anything that we've talked about this or any other show, the email address is the show at techfanpodcast.com. Of course, you could find the show notes for this episode 275 at both techfanpodcast.com and mymac.com. And that is the host and the parent of the MyMac Podcasting Network. So if you're a podcaster and you're thinking about getting into podcasting uh, or, you know, you already have a show and you're looking to grow your audience, let us know. You can get a hold of me, Tim, at MyMac.com and uh, talk about getting your show in the MyMac Podcasting Network. It's not just a Mac show or Mac uh, Podcasting Network. It's pretty much anything. We've got a Nintendo show in there. We've got a couple different shows with the name geeky in there <laughs> so yeah. uh, we'd love to hear from you on any of those subjects the show at techfanpodcast.com and with that david and i will wrap this up and we'll see you next week see you later david see you then